just joining us now and missed the wonderful technical problem for the first intro. Intro number two is even better. Welcome back to Wood Air and Metal podcast. We took a week off because our guitar brains were melted that past week with all the information in the guitar world coming out, so we needed time to process and think. I am Adam Keeler, the classical guy, mostly. I'm on steel string today. And Tim Murth across the Ethernet on that one. Yeah. Uh, is that your Eastman? That's this your Eastman. is the Eastman, yeah. Eastman, yes. Did you cut the string ends off yet? No, I haven't. All right. I, I, it wouldn't be a day that ended in Y. <laughs> so anyways. Those, those uh, are expensive string ends. <laughs> they are. You know, hey, you never know if you could use them again. I bet you if we could figure out a way to do that, everybody would do it. It would be yeah. the next. Part of it is these are the ones that when you cut them, they're going to hurt. Like, oh, yeah. You can't cut them close enough. And I and they're too expensive for me to do the little like break break oh, off trick. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to cut them, and then I'm like, well, then then it's like a weapon. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like I just tried to move my hand. How, how many times have your kids cut their hands on your guitars? Actually, none. I really, all it happens all the time. I, I mean, I well, I mean, I keep mine in my cases mostly because none of them. Uh, the ch- I say all the time. I mean, it's happened like a few times. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, most of my guitars, like a lot of them, you can't really get to the ends of them, too. So. Well, plus, you I mean, you have mostly electric and mine are mostly acoustic, so yeah. I'm a little bit more leery about right. kids popping one over. You know, the electric guitar is, can get beat to hell and be generally all right, but like my acoustic, if it falls over, it's like, well, that's done. That's just, that's just. <laughs> How do you so, know? Have you tried? Yeah, I have, and it's not good. <laughs> it's generally, it's not good at all. You don't like the little, like, clicky sound from the top, like, cracked? <laughs> Rat, the rattle sound. <laughs> the sound of infinite sound. I heard that's, of... that's like, authentic Baroque music. Nicely done. Baroque, Baroque. That is, you can tell Tim's a father with that one. <laughs> the dad joke comes right out. Oh, man. It's El Natural, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we have some interesting topics that we intentionally stopped ourselves from getting into the messenger debate type of thing. Uh, where we're yeah, just like, like I had to yell at Adam, and then Adam had to yell at me, and then I had to yell at me. So it was <laughs> don't talk about save it for the podcast. Tim, stop it. Yeah, save it for the ring. So, anyways, so this is about authoritarian guitar lessons, or maybe authoritarian teaching style ish. And I'm totally using that term hyperbolically and, and pushing it to the nth degree. But I think it's a good way to kind of look at it. Basically, we saw this uh, Facebook posty thing that um, has a, a, a teaching experience. We'll leave the teacher out of this and so on. But basically, the, the kid was inquisiting to be like, like, why do we have to work with things in a certain way? Why the treble clef? Why chord symbols? Why this? Why that? And the the teacher's response was uh, debated, to say the least, <laughs> in the thread. And we're going to do that right now <laughs> and uh, talk about it. So, you know, and the, the teacher in this particular quote, when he was talking about the whys, like when he said that when he had a kid ask these particular questions, it usually means that it's the end of this particular kid's Rel- The relationship. Yeah, the end of the relationship with music and or so it's a, on. it's just a matter of time before they're going to quit or not come anymore or whatever. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, 
And I, you know, reading the, should I just read the full quote? Like, why not? I mean, it's tough to contextualize without, like, I'm trying to be vague, but at the same time, I can't be vague with the thing. How how about I try to say it, and then if it needs more um, explanation, then we'll just read it. So, I guess I'm going to paraphrase, and I'm not looking at it, I'm kind of going off of memory, which my memory sucks, so we'll we'll see how this goes. (laughs) You're improvise. (laughs) I'm going to improvise. The the gist here is, this is a, you know, let's say professional teacher that produces high quality students, um, and, well, it's, and it has high expectations of their students, right? But it's also, it's not a college, it's not from a college perspective. This is pre-college, mostly. Mm-hmm. So you have a a teenager who's, by the accounts I think even written there, a pretty good musician um, as a teenager. Um, you know, can play some stuff. Um, knows how to sing and play, apparently, too. Mm-hmm. And... You know, kind of beyond just that first begin. It's not like a total beginner who's never learned how to play at all, you know. And this teacher has a pretty regimented way of doing things. Like, um, you will learn treble clef, and you will learn these songs, and you will learn this and that kind of thing in some sort of order, with the expectation that you know. You do all these things to a certain point, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna get you here. But you gotta do what I say, and I'll get you to this place. Um, which is all good. Um, I think we can all relate to that sort of thought process. You know, you want if as a teacher, you want to get somebody to a certain point, and it's great if you have experience in getting people to that level, and you know what it takes to get there. Um, however, this student who is a teenager, 16 years old, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. basically said, why do I have to learn treble clef? And why do I have to learn theory? And why do I have to learn all this kind of things? Like, why, why do I have to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are you making me do this sort of, um, so that the teacher's response, at least in this thread, I don't know what he said to the student, but was, you know, as soon as somebody says that, like, I know it's just a matter of time before, it's the end, you know, and they're, they'll go off just making whatever music and they'll never, they're never going to ascend kind of thing was the sort of, because they're, they're questioning the idea. So I guess that's where, that's the main gist I think of the post. Yeah. For for the most part. Yeah. You're right on that one. Um, and the, the teacher just kind of sums up with me, like the way I look at it is just like, I think the teacher is interpreting the students questioning of those as to they just don't want to do work. Like do, do any of us really have to do things we actually don't, don't want to do. Yeah. And it says something like that, right? Yeah. That, that's a quote, okay. <laughs> that's a quote but that's a very general statement. I yeah. Like that's... basically have you ever been able to get anything good at anything without doing a few things you don't like doing? Right? Exactly. It, it takes, exactly. it takes doing some hard things. So I think like my takedown of that, like that statement itself is like, well, I completely agree with that. Are you there? Okay. Now I'm All back. Right. All right. Now you're back. All right. So I think I, I lost you when you said, I completely agree with that. So we're going to, 
we're cutting back in right now, folks. We had technical difficulties again. Yeah, the internet, the internet was doing its thing, or not doing its thing in that regard. But the point that I was making is, I t I agree with the statement of like, do we really want to do? Do any of us have to do the things we actually do not want to do? And the fundamental thing is, well, welcome to Humanity 101. You are going to do things that you don't want to do. That's yeah. it. We, we, we sit in the luxury of obscene convenience, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But the outflow of that is just, I don't think that there, when things are taking up leisurely, the idea of working to get to a particular spot gets annoying because... Uh, well, I, I, not like a, it's a, like a post-consumer society or anything. I'm, I'm leaving that out of the picture. But I just think that there isn't enough put out there that these guys that are at a particular level in music consistently work. And that's something that I tell my students like right out the gate. I'm like, the biggest delusion that is sold to people is that people walk on on stage without any prep work behind it. Like you think that like the, oh, even... Right pop stars you know to a degree as much as I, I tell students i'm like as much as i argue that pop music is generally simple which it is in one regard it does not mean that those people performing it or doing it don't work at it constantly sure. to keep it polished. that that's the thing that makes it respectable is that it's consistently worked at and you know, it reminds me of you ever watch uh ink master no i haven't yet do you know, do you, you know what that is about the, the, show. the tattoo yeah, show yeah. so they're always like, where's your references? Like, you're not using references for your drawings? Like, what the hell? Why would you not use references? That's, like, that's another illusion with draw like drawing. Is people yeah. think, oh, they just make, they they can just draw, like, a perfect face or whatever out of memory and perfect, like, elephant or something out of memory. But people don't do that. They use references. Yeah. They, they had yep. to, like, they build it up on something. You know, mm -hmm. the same, same, same idea, you know, in a lot of ways. It's anybody that's in some form of artwork that has a high level to it is consistently working on different. I mean, like literally before this podcast, I was watching a video on doing crab walking on the guitar to, for flexibility and position shifting. Like in the sense, it, it was a classical exercise of I'm write uh, you some etudes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was just watching the video by this uh, um, classical guitarist. She was just explaining. It's a great exercise. I'm going to give it a shot because I've seen this approach on a couple of different players that were really, really good where they would uh, shrink and expand versus shift, which is interesting. So I got to dive more into it to get more thoughts on it. But it's just like, oh, okay, grab the, they had the PDF. So I grabbed it and I'll give it a shot and see what happens. But anyways, so the guy is saying like, you know, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do to get to a certain point, which as somebody that teaches all the time, that that comes out of my mouth all the time, <laughs> like yeah. consistent. It's like, well, yeah, I know you don't want to have to do this, but that's the only way you're going to get better. That literally you're going to have to figure this thing out. Um, you know, and I use that as more as an encouraging tool to get people to break through it. I don't use that as a breaking point to be like, oh, well, forget it. You know, you're useless and I'm not going to bother to teach you anything else, which is kind of the vibe that I was getting from what he was putting out there, you know, especially since in the context he was talking about like simple chord stuff and so on. And the kid's like, well, why do I have to learn music and why do I have to that? And it, um, it is kind of funny because I, 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 uh, I had a student that was in the same mode of things. And they were at a collegiate level and they're like, I'm just so used to reading tabs. This is really slowing me down. And I'm like, well, you have to at least get some form. And now, granted, this is college, so I have to push them for some type of yeah. standard. 
everybody has to learn this for the first semester of guitar. Like you got to read in the first position. doesn't matter if you had tons of experience or none. Everybody's on the same thing. Uh, so, what if they say why? What do you say? Uh, why? Because music is a language and you have to understand how it works. Like to some well, degree. What if they said, well, I can still, I can listen to it and just figure it out faster than you or whatever. You know what I mean? What if they. Faster than me? You are not smarter than me. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what I mean? Like. If they're no, like, well, I, I okay, well, I can just learn it. I mean, why do I need to do it? So, I, what? How do you? What's your good explanation for? Because that, that, I guess, what I'm leading at is, I see it as a great, you know, if a question when you have a student that's questioning something, that means they maybe they actually care, right? So, yeah, exactly. so they're saying, well, I don't understand why this is important. Tell, like, yeah. And if you if you can only say, well, just because that's just because music's like that, that's how music is. Well, that's oh, no, not an answer. Not. That's not a very good answer. Or no, very useful. That's so, that's for the uh, quote unquote authoritarian uh, authoritarian aspect of uh, some teaching styles that comes into play. Where it's just like it's just the way it is. Just do it. Segovia was like that, at least from everything that I've read. Yeah. He would basically like berate you if you didn't do it his way. Type. I of can't thing. imagine he had a lot of beginner students though. Yeah, but even then, you know, it, for an advanced level guy, like I, I think it was an article by John Williams was being interviewed, and he was like, Segovia was at times like almost downright abusive uh, <laughs> towards the students, which I could get because it's old school. <laughs> like back then, it was really old school, right. you know. Um, and uh, for better or for worse, you know, it's like uh, Adam Holzman, uh, classical guitarist. And had a lesson with Segovia, and he plays very unorthodox. Like instead of like a footstool and everything kind of set up upright, he puts it across both legs, horizontal. This weird finger technique, you know, yeah. great tone, great player, but way outside of the box. And like Segovia just couldn't get over that. And it's just like even though his playing was great, he was just blah, 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 with everything else. And it's like, well, you know, I get I get both sides of the point, but I'm also in the thing of like it, he's playing great, so who cares? Like, ideally, I'd like the X setup, but it's working for him right now, and it's not hindering anything, and I don't see anything where it could potentially hinder things in uh, uh injury type of way, then okay. And I also subscribe to the, the whole mentality of the reason why classical players sit a certain way is because it's ergonomically good and will help for the long run, which... Right. And it was vindicated by Steve Vai in that video about his hand thing. He's like, I'm not holding my guitar like a classical and so on because I screwed up my hands because they're holding it the wrong way and holding chords too long and so on. And I'm like, ha ha! I, I, I literally sent that video to every single one of my college students and be like, this is why I hound you to sit right, right now. You know, I never saying, do that to me though. What's going on? Well, because you're, you're set in your ways. <laughs> in I don't mind sitting like that, but it's like, and actually it's easier in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, there's oh, certain certain things are not easier, but certain well, most things are. But uh, it's just not convenient, Adam. No, I find it. <laughs> I, I sit that way generally all the time, and I was on a big footstool kick for like the last two three months. But uh, I honestly, I had to switch back to my ergo play because my sciatica started. I also, to I also don't like sometimes when the the neck, this part of the neck, can be kind of far away. See, where, where like here, it's like. The farthest away it is, like I could grab it with my teeth. But when well, you're here, it's like it would take quite the stretch. The, the, the teeth playing kind of get it gets gets tricky there. <laughs> so I'm sorry that happens, but you know, to, to each their own in terms of the teeth playing. But I think that um, just to kind of harp on that 
one more time. Like if somebody asks you like, well, well, why do I need to, and that's the reason I'm bringing up that particular student is to answer that question. Cause that's exactly what he said. He's like, well, why do I need to learn this uh, thing? Like why, why do I have to learn to, to read music? And uh, like, I get where he was coming from. And I basically said, because music is a language and this is the written thing that we use for it. We communicate this musically through it. Granted, it sounded pitches and you don't have to necessarily be literate to be able to speak English. And I get that. But understanding the rules behind it allows you to communicate on a much deeper level and more effectively across everybody that's out there. You know, if like I write something yeah, out yeah. in music and everybody else understands what's going on with the music, I can read it. They're all going to play it the same way. There's no ambiguity there. Whereas by ear, you can get close and some people can get exact, obviously. But I think that like that is going to be more dependent on how everybody else's ears are trained versus the standard thing of like, this is where the notes are and this is where you play them. This is what they sound like. Here you go. Go and do it. Uh, so I think it takes a little bit out of the uh, perfect pitch guys' hands and puts it more into the general populace. Well, I, I think too, like it's one of those, if you wanted to be a good speaker, a good writer, you know, in general, do you think that you would have better chance at that, like learning how to read and write, you know, the learning English and, and how it looks on a page where you then you could quickly process that you could learn, a, you know, it, it could improve the speed that you learn things. You can get, you can find stuff from different people that weren't just you, you know, yeah. and yeah. everyone's, everyone has some common language. I saw somebody wrote something about, you know, as far as, um, I think it was in that post, as far as communicating the idea of, well, why is it valuable to read music or treble clef? And he's like, it's kind of like if you were looking up recipes for cooking yep. and, uh, you know, one way is like, well, if you didn't have, if you couldn't read the recipe, then you'd have to sit there and like memorize the amount of stuff people were putting in and when and how, and you'd have to like sit there and try to memorize it. And then hopefully you didn't make any mistakes and maybe you made a little cheat sheet for yourself somehow in your own language. But then it's like it's only good for you, even if you yep. did that. But if you actually learn the language, not only would you be able to eat much more easily remember how they did it, um, you'd actually be able to go to the library and find thousands, millions more recipes if you wanted to, you know. And yep. so it's kind of that. That was one of the things that that kind of annoyed me. I think about it too is like, well as far as learning how to read that's an easy that's like that's easy to conceptualize yeah. why it's important um it, it's and it's not important because music is that's the way music is because it the way that we write notation is i don't want to say it's an accident but well, it's definitely it, changed and evolved it's, right, and it's but a, it could have been anything it, yeah. it could have been any kind of picture this is just what we landed on this is just how humans d decided to do it and this is just the most popular version of it that yeah. transcended through versions but there is a million ways you could have written um, yeah music absolutely. right i mean that's the reason why tablature is still around yeah you know it, 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 and tablature and it has value right and tablet yeah. and even you could argue Probably the first. I'm I'm certain if you went back to like what the first forms of notation were, they were probably effectively tablature. You know, oh, yeah. there's probably some instrument or whatever that lines up just right with the the way this is, and it's like, well, yeah, you just take that and 
that tells you which fret to play or whatever. You know, like it would have been like an identical little map of how you did something. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's the one, two, three, four, five. That's the fifth. You know, that's the fifth. It probably was literally that, you know? And they're like, well, that note lasts a little longer, so let's make it look a little different. You know, so I try to do, like, I think with, with my kids too, sometimes they're like, because I have a six and a 10 year old, right? And they're learning words. Um, and sometimes English is a pain because they the words just don't make any sense. Yep. Um, the way they're like, well, how do you spell that? And like, you tell them how to spell it, and they're like, what? Like, why? Would, that doesn't Pneumonia? sound like. Yeah. Arch of the what? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and I'm just like, you know, English is stupid. <laughs> just like. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it's just. It is. It's. It sometimes it doesn't make sense, and you just have to remember it. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunate, but it is what it is. So, uh, and I think I think the same thing with notation. It's like I think it's a little more smarter than that, I guess, most of the time. But uh, it's like, well, just be. It's called A B C D E F. Well, some places call it Do Re Mi Fa Sol La, and some places call it some other names. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's just a name, like it's just a label. And yeah, it, it's just for convenience. It's not. It's not set and rule. It's not like. God said, this is a C, and it will be this, these frequencies only, and if you try to veer from this, you will be doomed. You know, that didn't happen. It, we just called it something. Make things interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it gives new things to the devil's interval. Yeah, right. Uh, this will but, be the devil's interval. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, no, exactly. And I think, like, it ended up, it's one of those things where it's like, it, uh, it happens to be the most efficient thing that everybody came up with at the time with a limited scope that they had. And then somebody else just kept building on it and building on it. And more in in things- a prosperous part of the world too, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, yep. it's not, we're talking about a really small geographical region of the planet. Mm-hmm. And there's probably other ways in other cultures that dictate music and other uh, notational ways yeah. that are, very odd compared to ours and that's fine but it's the same results it's just because it, it you know a couple of thousand miles for apart all, for all we yeah, have for whatever reason yeah so and some uh, yeah some tuning systems are 12 equal distance some are 16 some are 24 or whatever yep and so and, they're gonna have different yeah versions whatever the, so and but the bottom line is is that every single one of those systems develops in order to communicate an idea to the next person and that, I think, is the value of learning to read the music. It just happens to be, you're in a Western society, so this is what we do. Yeah. Like you can go, go on the internet, you can grab tabs, that's fine. You know. And one of the big things that this particular student that I had uh, was having hurdles with was going into a sheet music or a style of reading versus the tablature. And he's like, why can't I just do it with tab? Like, that was the big question. He's like, yeah, I can tab this out. And I'm like, that would work but then you're not thinking in notes anymore you're thinking in positions on the guitar which works for guitar and you know and the couple of comments were like well you know i don't want to be sitting here playing bach that's and i I got that and i'm like oh well yeah i'm not here to force you to play bach that's not the point my thing is is that you know one word in college two you need to understand the musical language and how that works and three there are great amounts of benefits for that you just have to put the time in to get to learn it. I mean, that that's literally it. All it comes down to is I had another student just recently ask me, like, how long would it take me to learn this particular song? And 
you know, factoring in their learning and everything. I'm like, if you spend an hour with it a day, you could do it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like no problem. But that's the can thing. And like, I think that's where this uh, particular quote. An hour goes a on. day? Yeah. You mean an hour a week, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean a day. <laughs> mean like my today. hour here a week isn't enough practice? Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you practiced dude you were there that's right <laughs> that's, that's such a great meme yeah. such a disappointing meme but such a great meme it's, it's uh, too true that's why uh, yeah tell me about it but anyways um though i will say most of my students now are it's not now all of them are pretty good workers like they all do that which uh, i totally like and this kid got over the whole hurdle like after i, I ground him and had to come to <clears throat> because you know it, the nice thing about being in college is it's great to just threaten the grades to be blunt you know and I, I i don't you do that maliciously i do that to get the motivation out and it so far i haven't had it fail yeah like it's one of those well like it's sort of a tedious thing to learn well i don't think it's tedious at all to learn the treble clef that's like a 10 minute lesson yeah and, and it yeah maybe you have to practice it every once in a while and try to memorize it and whatever but if you explain it well enough like they're never going to forget it after that 10 minutes for the most part especially mm -hmm. if they if they got nothing else but face out of it and that the lines next to that is it like exactly. exactly like they don't need anything else they could generally if you taught it well enough they'll figure out they could figure it out from there Mm -hmm. um and that's an easy enough word to remember that they'll just it's more than likely they're gonna remember it mm -hmm. <clears throat> if it's even if it's reinforced once a week yeah so um the treble cuff thing in just in general is not now learning the notes on the fretboard is a little more tedious but i'm also the high i believe that it's something you can do in one week yeah no i i completely agree totally. <clears throat> and, and then even even that you don't even need one week you really need an hour or two um the problem is you can't probably do it in the same hour you probably need like 15 minutes today 15 minutes tomorrow 15 minutes next day um just and because that's the other the, thing. or 15 minutes now and then 15 minutes like in the afternoon or whatever you know you need these little breaks or your brain just can't process exactly. it quick enough exactly and that's one of the the big things that i tell everybody is like you know when you're first starting out 20 minutes like ish, have a goal of 20 minutes and then call it, call it for the day, go to the, then do it the next day because that day space and rest is hugely reinforcing. Like that rest period where your brain's just sitting there, just doing its thing with everything you just practiced. And then you come back to it is great. And then you can slowly speed it up. You know, I think it was, uh, I read something where it was like the most that most people of super focused concentration that most people get is like 20 to 30 minute chunks. Yeah. And, and that's it. That's probably like superstar level too. Yeah. And, and that's like super focused. Cause I know yeah. with myself, it's, I'm focused when I'm practicing, but it's rare where I can have that moment of like unbelievably laser pinpoint. Yeah. Uh, when it happens, but uh, at the same time, it, it sometimes it doesn't like um, generally that will happen when I'm learning like a difficult passage. I'll just like laser beam that thing. And I'll, I'll maybe get 20 minutes out of it. And then it's like, okay, I need to yeah. kind of like sit up and walk around for a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah just do something to kind of like get my mind off of that to relax for a second and then go back at it. Um, and that, so I 
that to keep tying it with this thing, you know, that other thing where he's talking about like this, when students start to question something along these lines, it usually means that they're going to quit and then that's it. And I'm just like, yeah, maybe. The last thing that he says where he's like, I hate to lose a student, but when their focus is better served going in another direction, that's better. And, and, and it's time to move on. And that I completely agree with. You know, if music isn't yeah. your thing, clearly, you know, I don't want to <clears throat> force somebody to do it. Yeah, well, uh, the, I have a little bit of trouble with that statement. Like, it, Be Because you just said, like, if music isn't your thing, well... You saying, and I'm I'm picking you rhetorically here. Yeah. Um, you saying that to understand music means understanding theory and um, reading notes or whatever. I would call BS on. Okay. It's it's a it's like one percent of a million <laughs> or something. It's like a. Tenth, uh, like a such a small percentage of actually understanding music is the theory and the the notation. It's a way we communicate. It's a way that we analyze the music. But there are plenty of great savant level musicians who didn't know those words and didn't know that theory, and they make the most amazing music. And I would argue, know music way better than most of us will ever know. Just out of curiosity, though, what savants? Like, can you name a few? Um, well, there's people that, like, notoriously don't know, like, how to read and stuff like that. So yeah, a lot of the like, jazz, a lot of the jazz guys, like um, Wes Montgomery, Thelonious Monk. Um, I thought what well, I'm pretty sure Montgomery could read if I was remember from his bio he said bio. he couldn't read um, like maybe not sight read on the fly but he could definitely read i mean he, he started I out i don't know i mean i i think a lot of those because all that stuff especially when he was educated there was no tab in the books like yeah, i because well, have... he played but he would so his dad was a big charlie christian fan and it was like if you if you can't play charlie christian you don't play music you know <laughs> so wes went and learned it all off the records and he yeah. had, he had a really good ear like that was part of his thing is like He'd figured a lot of stuff out, and he'd hear somebody play some stuff. But he was not like a theory nerd at all. Oh, yeah. I'm not and, saying uh, that. What's interesting is that he played, um, ex his big thing was like playing extensions on chords. You could really hear him playing 13ths and 11ths and 9ths. And he'd really like hang out on those notes. But that's just because he liked the way they sounded. And mm -hmm. also interesting is he got to those notes in a really clever way. Not like just like playing scales and landing on them like he the lines got to those through harmony and arpeggiation and stuff but i i get your point about like you it's like a one percent potential thing or whichever well uh, i'm not it's, saying it's not valuable i'm a huge theory no, nerd. no get it. i get i get exactly where you're coming from i'm not taking like like a, a personal insult or anything like that yeah. uh, just for the sake of argument to, to dive back in and push back a little bit i'll be it, the savant stuff are, are they're using it but they're not giving it names to an extent like they might not think uh, like he uses the extensions like you said but and he might not be consciously thinking of those particular extensions and, and honestly i don't think anybody's conscious to the degree of like acutely aware of what they're playing over top of things in the moment 
Like, right, because I can't think of a time. Now, granted, I'm not as yes huge. Yes and in- no. I mean, I think I think you could stop any good jazz musician right now and say, they might not be thinking, oh, I'm playing the flat nine or whatever, but if you stop them and said, what are you playing? They'd be like, oh, that's a flat nine. Well, yeah. I mean, they, that's, an- that's not just the, they might not know where their finger is, but you can hear it too. So yeah. it's like, oh, I know I'm playing the flat nine because I can hear it. But again, that happens to be like the theoretical stuff gets tied in with that because otherwise they wouldn't be able to label it as a well, or they could call it whatever they called it. That's the pink note, I, whatever they call it. <laughs> the pink note. They're uh, what's what's that thing? Synesthesia. Yeah. So, I, I always say that too. Like when I when I was teaching a lot with kids, I'm like, I realize it's you know, don't worry that it's called B flat. Like it could have been called purple. It it's just a name. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's it is it's gonna come in use. It's gonna be useful later to call it B flat for mm-hmm. a couple reasons. But today, <laughs> it, it, we're not there yet. You know, right now it's just a label. So just accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I guess the best music to me is art, and not all maybe not all music's art, but the art side of it has zero pretty much zero to do with anything that's ever been written about it. <laughs> and I guess that's what I'm trying to harp on. And the sort of the expressive things that happen in the moment. Like I'm no, trying it to doesn't get... have to be moment. It could be composed or whatever. It could, it... What, I... e- even the stuff that's composed and written with theory and all that stuff, what makes it good art or not has nothing to do Okay. With with what the theory says, or if somebody read the right note or something that's on the page, or accidentally played the wrong one, or whatever, you know, the, none of that has anything to do with the end product. I mean, not anything, but has very little to do with whether it's good art or not. Okay, that's. What, I was wondering what you meant by art because I was like, I'm not getting it, but it's also late and. Uh, <laughs> Maybe my brain just isn't. I'm picky. I'm a little bit picky about the word art, so that's probably part of it. Okay. Like not everything is art. Not every piece of music is art. Um, okay. In my yeah. opinion, okay. not every picture somebody takes a picture of like a beautiful um, flower or a valley is art. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things that make it art, but we don't have to get into that. Anyway, what music isn't it, the great music is art, and it can affect you, and it could have nothing that has nothing to do with whether the guitars were in tune or not or they used drums or were slapping pigs or something <laughs> to make the the sound you know uh, what whatever it was it it can be a very like wonderful experience or horrible experience or whatever the the art invokes on you um and that has that has very little to do with how we've decided to want you know tune our instruments and write the theory up for it and all these other things that's a very secondary sort of thing um mm-hmm. and and i think that that can be proven pretty easily by all the you know great microtonalism music um other cultures that don't use the 12 equal temperament systems mm-hmm. and we hear music that just that's beautiful and wonderful and can make you cry that has none of the things that theory and Western, you know, Western theory yes. and our triples. And I know you're not saying that. I guess no. I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to ha- highlight that all the theory and all these other things 
are really just a means for us to somehow compartmentalize the sort of things that we're hearing and make some sense of it. Um, but but that's we, again, we were talking about it again, what you said earlier, which was, and we said this in our conversation, um, texting, which is that the theory follows the practice sort of thing. Yeah, right? theory, theory, and that's exactly where I was going with what I was trying to uh, rudely interject. Was the, the I didn't double. let you. I rudely yeah. interjected your interjection. <laughs> With the same thing I was going to say. <laughs> Dang, you improvisers get one up on us all the time. <laughs> the, but the, the whole point that I was pushing with that um, is that with that aspect of theory following practice, it's always like we have to, in one sense, name things in order to give it uh, the ability to, of repeat functionality. Sure. Absolutely. And, and that's the, the nice thing that uh, that's the great thing about the theoretical aspect is that once you can name those particular things, you can put that and give it an actual tool, you know, and tell yourself like, oh, I want that hammer, which whatever that happens to be like a seven sharp nine chord or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that it's like then you can consistently pull those things out in the context that you want and you can give it a little bit more definition. So it's always this balance, at least for myself, I think that. Obviously, the improvisation and just playing the stupid instrument is is almost well. I'd say it was more valuable than the other thing, but that's also like a apples to oranges type of thing. Like they're both fruit. I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, so hopefully I pull this off. But they're both fruit, but you know, one of them you might prefer to eat first or something. Uh, it, but you're gonna eat them both. Because you're hungry, <laughs> I have no allergies to it. There we go. That that was stumbling down the stairs and landing on my feet. I think. Well, so, I mean, a, I mean, I think we've. I, I'm just, I'm pretty sure you've been in like bands before where none of the other people write any music. Mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah, the first stuff. Was and you and you wrote songs, and maybe some of them were pretty good, or whatever. <laughs> you know, at least for the genre or whatever that you were in. Um. And I, I mean, I've been in a few bands where no one read music um, at all that were amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to leave the names out of this one. Um, and it makes a, it's, and we communicated in a, sort of a different notation, right? Because some yeah. of the things were tricky. I'm thinking of a particular band. Some of the things are tricky with odd time signatures and. Um, weird turnarounds and it wasn't always the same but it would be like dashes on a board like i could read music but no one else could so it didn't it didn't help me in that situation so i was thinking about your student and this guy's student too it's like well if i'm playing with a band and you're telling me that i should learn how to read music but none of the people in the band read it it doesn't like it doesn't help and in that situation that i was in nobody read it so it really was useless in that yeah. context and if that was my only band you know, that was my only musical outlet. Um, and it was one that did take up a lot of time. So it wasn't like, and it was gigging and recording and whatever. Um, it's kind of like, well, okay, yeah, sure. That's going to help me. You know, so I think it's easy for me to relate to see like, well, because I feel like I've had this conversation a lot with really good musicians who didn't know theory or at least the way we call it theory and didn't know notation the way we use it, but we're fantastic musicians and mostly better than so many like trained musicians I've met by a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of, it's, 
you know, those are the people that's like, well, those, those are interesting conversations. And, and I think it's a good question, too. They say, well, why would I even learn it? You know, but I would it, counterpoint that like right away with the first thing of is imagine if everybody spoke the same language, then how much quicker could you get things done? Is the yeah. first thing it's like rather than being like, well, it's this. Do you mean this? You mean like this? You mean like this? Okay, and then have like there's so many extra steps that needs to do that versus everybody is speaking something universal, sure. and that I mean it, it goes. There's saying. there's a lot of good arguments I think, but it, it's still a good question. Um, yeah, absolutely. The is. one thing I noticed with people generally that are like that that are really good musicians, they don't, um, they don't always see how limited they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they see it, they see it as a huge ocean of possibility. And they're saying, well, I'm not limited by theory, you know, those kind of things. Like, I'm not limited by it. Um, because that's, that. you know, you get a lot of, like, people that took one year of theory or something. And a lot of those people really do get stuck, like, yeah. in theory land, and they cannot yep. get past it. And when I say theory land, I really mean, like, first year theory. Like, they really yeah. can't. They're like, well, the one chord always has to follow this way, and it has to be in this inversion, and has to. Yeah. It's like, well, that was, yeah, when you're a freshman in college or an, a senior in high school or something like that might have been the thing you learned, and that was just, but that was like primer course, right? But you hear people do that, right? And there's a oh, lot yeah. of people that have had that experience, unfortunately. Um, it, well, it's the there's nobody more arrogant than a first semester university student. Yeah, right. Of course. It's just like it's, it's like that, that uh that goodwill <laughs> goodwill hunting or whatever when that guy's like re- trying to quote some author and he's like oh you must be a first year grad student <laughs> yep, yep <laughs> because exactly. you haven't read this other guy yet so this is who you're quoting today you know right so you know everything <laughs> um yep. but anyway yeah I noticed that like a lot of times people in that situation and it's not everyone and there's a few people that can break through it but. They don't realize that like the tonality they're using or something is always the same, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, you don't even know." It. And th- and then when you play something else for them, they're like, "Well, that doesn't sound right because they're only used to one thing." And they, yeah, whether that's good or bad, it's it, that's a whole other thing. But um, it's hard for them to even know how much more can be exposed to them mm-hmm. um, just through knowing. Like I was playing you that thing the other day where I can play the flat nine on a major one chord and it's all because of the way you do it. Not, but if you just play a flat nine on a major one, you know, like at the end of a cadence, it sounds really bad. Like you just, Mm -hmm. but you have to, if you do it in a certain way because of how the notes get there, then it sounds right. Yep. And, and yep. If those, those are those kind of like weird little things that are fun. And it'd be yep. really hard to do that without some context. Mm-hmm. But it's possible, certainly. Or you, or you could just hear somebody do it and then you'd be like, oh, I heard Ida Neston do this thing and I took it off the record and it sounded good with this F over F sharp yeah, or whatever. Exactly. And you're like, okay. <laughs> uh, I think the, the other thing that this guy is driving at is the, la- the, the implied lack of discipline on of his student oh yeah and that's like that kind of necessarily is an interesting thing because i never take <clears throat> i've been teaching for what like 20 years something like that and you never want to immediately default to they're lazy like sure. and not being undisciplined and I, I never do that i also 
know exactly how much work should go into certain levels of music. Like I have that much experience to be like, hmm, this is not out of your reach. You just, I'm literally asking for 20 minutes a day and right. it's not like, sure. it's, I'm like, stop the Netflix or better yet, get Hulu and just practice during the ads and you'll get your 20 minutes in, right, you know, or whatever. Um, but that's, uh, that's one of the things that I find the, where I kind of can sympathize with the teacher's aspect of that because that's frustrating. You know, just do the work and you're not going to have to worry about the whys to the same degree because you're just going to have it. Right. And it'll, it'll be revealed to you later. Yeah. It, it, but in some regards, that is absolutely what has to happen. Like, you listen, I could explain to you the theoretical reasons why, but you don't know it because you don't know any theory right now. So you're just going to have to deal with me pushing you on these certain directions to learn these things, then we can talk in this way and then you'll get it. Otherwise, I can't give you, considering it's constructed in this particular other language, I cannot reveal its secrets to you the same way and efficiently until you know these particular other things with that. And I'm not saying that they couldn't imitate what I was doing. Like I could play something and they can play it back type of thing, but that's not the point. I want to, and when I'm teaching somebody, I want to give them that toolbox uh, and establishes like certain things in their playing that they can p pull out to do whatever they want in their own way. Right. And when there's no way to to get that, that explanation, it really is just, it, it slows everything down to the nth degree. And that's where it's like, okay, I know this isn't fun, but if you do the work, it'll get there. And that part of that happens to be like just doing scales. Just this will build coordination. These are all the reasons why we're doing this in order to establish you at the next step of your playing. And you have to go through these steps. You're not gonna get to here without this. It's not gonna happen. And giving them the right aim to get to that point. And then it's just like, yes, sit there with the metronome and do it. That there is no yeah. shortcut. Which kind of brings us back to like the first thing that I said, there's n nobody in there that does things at a high level that doesn't constantly work hard. That's it. Like it just doesn't, you know, it could be in the style of music that you absolutely hate and think is garbage. But I guarantee you that guy that's sitting at the top of that particular chart or whatever is always in the studio doing something. Yeah, always. for sure. It, and that's that's what separates him from you. Well, that's, that's, that's that's a, that was to your point about discipline or whatever. It's like, well, if a kid came in and they can play guitar and sing at the same time. They do mm -hmm. not lack discipline because yeah. nearly yeah. every single person who picks up guitar, if they can even play a chord, mm -hmm. you know, if they ever make it that far and they can maybe string a few together. One of the, I mean, it's hard to remember at some point because it was a while ago for us, but that is a huge hurdle to be able yes. to sing Playing. and play at the Great. same time. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't come just like, Oh, this just worked out for me. Like that takes a lot of practice and it yep. takes a lot of like really sucking at it um before you can actually pull it off to some reasonable amount. Even if it's just switching between G and C chord or something. Mm -hmm. Um so that that's where I was like well the kid obviously I guess my impression of the I'm reading into it maybe. It's like they don't like discipline. That that's not a problem. Like they don't lack passion for doing this because literally most people don't make it that far. Mm -hmm. um, they they put some effort in. They put some blood, sweat, and tears into this already. But that also goes a little bit to the thing of sometimes the beginnings come very naturally 
and then you run into a little you bit think, of a hurdle. No, I don't think I've ever met any, not one person that got that naturally. Well, the singing and the playing thing, uh, that I, I don't know. But I'm more in the sense of like, what's the way to put it? It's very easy to be above beginner, but below intermediate on the guitar. Like in terms Maybe. of, like, if depends, talking, where, do you, where do you want to draw that line? Absolute pure skill level. That's it. But I mean, like, is is beginner just like? I mean, is that what you mean? Like, someone who can a, a lower intermediate thing, like beginner, absolute beginner. Obviously, there's no. Nothing because, like I mean, that. how many people do you know that have sort of played guitar for like five to ten years, who cannot, still can't switch between chords? Yeah, like and, and they're they're kind of like. All right, I know the minor chord. <laughs> but that's a question of, like, how did they play guitar for that t five years? Well, I know, they're not playing a lot, but it's like, they play, you know, every, every couple of days for 10 minutes or whatever. And so over five, 10 years, they've probably got a thousand some hours in, you know. Like the thousand dollars that I get in in three weeks or whatever. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying, like, it's not like, I'm trying... I don't have specific examples, but I I know I do know people like this. They're like, oh yeah, I played, and I tried, um, but they still can't. Like, there's a guy I know, um, you know, he's like, just get an F chord, you know, like the F chord's a big deal, right? Remember, like we, all, we all remember the F chord, like that that thing sucks. Chord is a son of a bitch, and man. it's like the worst one ever, and the worst spot ever too, right? Um, and especially if your guitar's not set up. Um, oh yeah. It's, so it's like get a run start to yeah. hopefully get your like, finger to stay on the strings and then you're like wait so you finally get that and you're like well i gotta switch to this other chord and then switch back or something it's like, it seems impossible and a lot of times it goes with a b flat chord which is another pain yep. right so you're like oh geez this is impossible yeah you know that um, thing where i told you to stay on your fingertip the whole time yeah. now you have to break that in order to get that bar <laughs> chord good luck um but, but anyway yeah. like though beating those stages like not most people don't get past that F B flat chord stage. Right? Mm -hmm. So then I guess I see this, I, I'm sort of assuming this kid has got past that and got past the next big thing, which was singing and playing some chords at the same time, which is whether you can sing good or not, just being able to, to coordinate all that. That's, yeah. that's a tough skill. That's the coordination. All to say that like nobody gets to that stage just being like, Ooh, What's this thing? Huh. It's got some... I think to an extent that sometimes... Some that if happen. I put... Well, this... Oh, I guess this is... This note goes here, and then this note goes here. <laughs> I got it. It's, it's perfect. You know, like a week after finding a guitar. Yeah. No, no one does that. That takes probably hey, year, years August to get there. Movie. Uh, that August Rush movie. That completely fictional mm -hmm. thing. Uh, but whatever. Anyways. Um, but it takes, no, it takes years right. of practice to get to that. Years. The, the playing and singing thing. I think my Maybe. my brother did it within a year. Easily. Like, But he was a huge Beatles fanatic. So everything that he was doing was... Myself, I mean, I I never got into the playing and thing and thing, singing thing till like at least 10 years into my playing. You know, and that's because I never really wanted to sing. I didn't care. Um, and then when I did, it was different. <laughs> I shouldn't have cared. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, 
so anyways to to bring us back to this wonderful topic that we started out with and followed some great rabbit trails with that is there the other thing that we started harping on was the, the authoritarian style of teaching yeah. versus more of a guiding hands type of thing you know like uh, there's no such thing as a laissez-faire teaching style because that would be autodictat <laughs> it's like duh you're just going to learn it yourself from books um yeah. but and and both of us it started significantly that way which is interesting into itself but um the uh like probably not that uncommon well, on guitar really yeah i don't think it's that uncommon at, at all but i think like the way that this particular thing came across was heavy on the you have to do it this way this is the only way to, that needs to be done and i to separate the collegiate from my uh personal studio like my private studio and i i totally teach it in two different ways like collegiate is more of that's nice i don't care you have to get these things done yeah the private student is wh the, where do you want to go i'll get you there Sometimes you're just going to have to do what I tell you to do, but most of the time it's going to be a fun ride. So it will get, I, I saw that, just, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I can't do it this way. Unfortunately, if you want to just sound like the album, you have to do it that way. Like if you don't care about having something a little bit thinned out texturally, yeah, play the D instead of a B minor. Cause you can't get a particular uh, bar chord and it'll sound kind of close. You're not going to be exact, but it's passable of playing along with it. Um, and so, like, but I'm never in my private students being like, absolutely, if you don't do it my way, I don't want you as a student. Like that, I, I can't see that ever really happening. Well, I, so a radical departure on something. Yeah, I also think even at the collegiate level, I, I guess I'm curious how you take this. Cause class, classical is a little different too. Like, so this, this was a jazz teacher, so it's also different. But, um, or I, I like to think it's different in some ways. How often do you follow the player, the te the students muse? So, for instance, do you say, well, you have to play these studies. Mm. Studies are a hard one. Let's say pieces. Because studies are intentionally made. Like, you, you, like, I'm assuming that you say, hey, your tremolo is not very good. I yeah. have this study. You should try it. It's mm -hmm. going to help you work through that. Or you're you're not getting this certain kind of fingering thing. I got an etude. Play this etude a hundred times, and like we're going to sort that thing out. Like that's yeah. that's what those are made for. So that that that's what I'm trying to say. Those those are like specific study tools. <clears throat> but as far as the pieces, they say, well, I don't really like baroque, for instance. Mm -hmm. um it's not my thing i really rather do a, a contemporary piece or something or whatever whatever the or i only like baroque and i really don't want to do a, c a contemporary piece that's more my that's more me but yeah anyway. <laughs> yeah so um do you do you allow students to follow that muse and just see where it goes even in college yeah to to an extent Absolutely. But that I will put one asterisk on that, like everything else. Uh, I'll generally let them dive into wherever they want to go, unless I think the piece is like way out of reach for them. And yeah. It's like, yeah, no, sure. we're not going to get anywhere with this. Um, but I want to do Rachman enough. Day one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like th this last semester, I had a kid, he's been playing for a year. All right. 
And to put it in perspective, he, he's been working his butt off. And he's like, I want to do something like finger style type of thing. And he was into, you know, Mike Daw, Andy Bickie, those types of guys. And I'm like, mm, I don't know with the, that level of playing, you know, and considering where he started from. So we went through and I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I have a, an ex huge extended catalog of Michael Hedges stuff. And I was like, well, what about Ragamuffin? What about that one? And uh, he, I'm like, because I knew it was, a, I mean, it was a reach wasn't a tippy toe reach, but it's like you're gonna have to stretch a little bit to get there. Yeah, it's a small step. Um, then I was keeping an eye on him during the entire semester to see if, like, if I needed to quickly switch modes because he needed to, to get a jury thing set. And this is what he's gonna do with a jury. And the last thing I want to do is give a student a piece that's so difficult that they embarrass themselves. Yeah, because sure. that's on me then. So I was tracking him during the semester, and he did great. I mean, like this kid busted his butt on this because this it, it was going to take some work i knew he was capable but i'm like this is going to take some chops and some serious dedication and he did it nail it played it in the jury he actually cut his finger on the string like during the jury performance and so right. he had, so he had uh, blood like, and everything squirting yeah, yeah it's right. like that's how it's done brother that is how it is um you know he did great was everyone else in the jury thing? Were they all guitar players or the judge yeah the, oh, okay. oh you mean in terms of the the, the judges i yeah. guess you could uh, no, it was uh, it was me, the other guitar teacher, and uh, um, I think an ethnomusicologist, and I don't know what's the other gentleman. What department? I was, was. was kind of hoping it was like a wind instrument person or something. They're like, oh, that's why I don't play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you couldn't really see. There was like no blood or anything on stage. Uh, like I, like yeah, I, I came out to let the next student in, and he was out there. He's like, yeah, I cut my finger, and it's like bleeding. I'm like, that's commitment right there. That's some uh, rock. That's Way it. to go, man. And uh, he did great, like absolutely fantastic. But, well, but uh, see, what you did there though too is, and I'm I'm assuming you you at least insinuated this, which was, I see where you want to go. Uh, we're gonna have to step here first. Mm -hmm. and it's still gonna be a step, but like, come on, let's do this, and then maybe we can do this one, and then maybe we do this one, and then we'll be that ready to do that. See, so you were. Still taking their like inspiration and and working with it. Absolutely. My, my impression from this was this post was, well, I don't really care what you yeah, like. What I care is this is good musicianship. This is not. This is good writing. This is not. This is good jazz playing. This is not. And like that, that I have a hard time with. No, and I, I agree. I mean, when I, I remember distinctly when I was studying in my undergrad, there was a Giuliani piece, uh, something, uh, variations on a cabbage farmer's son. Um, <laughs> on a cabbage farm? Is that what you said? Variations, theme and variations based off of the, the cabbage farmer's son, which is like some other like opera thing back then. I don't know. I didn't I hated the damn piece. I hated it. I, I did not like it. I didn't like uh, that particular thing. And I just remember saying, Steve I think I remember ago. disliking a Giuliani piece too. Yeah. And I'm not Steve, a, not a huge fan. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Giuliani. Uh, his method books are phenomenal, but uh, in terms of the writing, not a big fan. Regardless, I remember saying that to Steve. I was like, I just, I just don't like this piece. And he's like, mm -hmm. I don't care. <laughs> like, literally, he's like, I don't care. Play it. And God. You know, what he was preparing you for, though, was that like you were saying a couple episodes ago i think 
was you you should learn the pieces that your students are playing. Yeah. And you might have a student that's like a Giuliani freak someday. Oh, yeah. And, the, and it's oh, like, well, I, then, like, I probably should learn it and I should not have an attitude about it. Right. So the, yeah. the, that's. We got smacked out of the attitude, but. Yeah. Um, the, I, and I learned the piece. And, and, and the thing that was funny is I was playing for another guy and he's like, man, you should stick with Giuliani. He's like, you play that so well. And I'm like, <laughs> you basically just stabbed me in the heart, dude. What are you doing to me? Um, do you, know, you think I, you should do another one? <laughs> it's like, nope. I, I, as soon as I could not play Giuliani, I immediately ran away from it. Though I find myself now going through most of his method books, like just in terms of getting yeah. more pedagogical feedback and refreshing myself with that. Because uh, he really, he's a great pedagogue. Like he had incredible ideas. Uh, with, And there's a reason why we do that. It, his compositional pieces, I might not like, but that's not what I'm using them for. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll always kind of use this, even in a collegiate level, I'll use the stepping stones to get to, to where someone wants to be. Like one student was interested in mysterious habitats by Dusan Bogdanovich. And I was like, mm, you're not there yet. Like that, I was like, no, no, not going to happen. Yeah. Let's go with something else by somebody else. Or not that it's not going to happen. They're, they were more than capable of doing it, but where they brought it up in the semester was like, there's no way, no way. Uh, that and it's like the reading was good, but what he does with all the mixed meter stuff and polyrhythms and everything else going on, it's like, yeah, let's just make sure we can count in four before we start doing stuff like that. And, and then, I, then I, in the back of my head, I was like, oh my God, I sound exactly like Steve because he said that verbatim to, to me. <laughs> and I was interested in it. And it's like, well, all right. But he was right. So whatever, you know, sitting on this end of the thing. So yeah, I guess I guess the question becomes, if you are bold enough to say, but why? Why do I have to do that? And I like to think that Steve would say, have a good reason, and oh, not yeah. just not just because I told you so. It, it all depends on the mood. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm right. No, I agree. But yeah, and that would be my thing too. It's like I'm generally pretty quick to answer those questions. But if I haven't gotten my coffee, or if I'm hungry, or whatever, you ask me that, and I'm going to be a little bit more succinct in my answer, more of the fist rather than the glove type of thing. Um, but yeah, just uh, anyways. So that his whole thing about letting a student go where their focus would be better used elsewhere i could get that i mean there's definitely some students i hate to see go and other ones where it's like uh, okay you know well how about how about that too like the, to be honest as a teacher to say sometimes this is not your I, I am not the right teacher for this person oh I've i that. appreciate the income but yep. they should be studying with someone else yeah, I, I think most teachers, it, it's hard to, to be a teacher for a long time and not do that. <laughs> like, Well, I you, think that's just an ethical thing that you do. Yeah. You, know, you realize that something is not working. And at this point, doing it for so long, I, I can clearly tell when it's not right. together. And, and a, you've yeah. referred people to people and people referred people to you. Yeah. And it just becomes this community, which is a good, you need that as a teacher anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there should be this handoff thing because you can learn something from everybody if you're a good student. Right. It, it's a both and. A good teacher and a good student will work out great. Right. That's always the benefit with that. So anyways, so that kind of sums up all the point that I think this guy had in the uh, quote there. You know, it... Uh... Yeah, I, I guess I, I do want to say, 
as much as I think like questioning everything is important, um, and that's just who I am, I guess. Like, and I feel like my best students I've ever had question everything, mm-hmm. um, especially. I'm gonna say in more creative type playing, like with improvisation and writing and composing and stuff. Um, they should be questioning it, but <laughs> nothing is worse than having a teacher that never gives you like a hard time, you know, in a way like you need somebody like, I feel like when I've paid teachers, whether it was in college or private lessons and they're just like, Oh yeah, that sounded good. I'm like, well, that's, that's not why I'm paying you. I'm paying you to be like, okay, that sounded pretty good, but you really are always rushing that thing on the two and you're not doing this. You're not doing that. And like, we're going to, I'll help you get through those things, but it's going to suck and you're going to just have to bear with me. But like, it yeah. should be, a, you know, I want like, a, that's what you're paying for as a student. You're, I mean, you're paying to get like for myself. It's like, I'm paying you to tear me apart so I can get right. better. Like, I, I don't feel want... like I'm not as good as I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I need somebody to tell me who was, I was listening to Scott Henderson Talk, and he teaches and he was like he's like i have a ton of students now because like with COVID and stuff and he, he's yeah. not touring or whatever and he's like people <laughs> what did he say he's like people say hey uh i i don't i want you to listen to me and tell me what i need to work on and then he'll say well what do you think you need to work on and he's like they're usually right <laughs> it's like whatever they think they need to work on is what they do but they're just looking for someone else to corroborate it and be like and, and say yeah, your timing isn't that great and you're not doing this right or you're not doing that right or you're, you know, it'd really be easier if you did it this way. Um, I see where you're at. And and then what they're hoping, you know, the, the other thing is I'm a good teacher, so I'm going to be able to help you get mm-hmm. through those issues, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're right in your analysis. I've corroborated that. And, yeah, you suck. Let's get past it. We'll, we'll fix it. Exactly. And that... Uh... And I totally agree. Like the with the the questions, like good questions are the sign of somebody that's aiming somewhere. You know, there there, there are less than ideal questions in certain contexts, <laughs> but fundamentally, if they're curious to find out the hows and the whys, it's like great they actually care. Sure. You know, versus I think this guy was taking it more like the kid was complaining when he was saying why, rather than maybe legitimately asking right. why. You know, uh, well, some, that... some people just question everything. Like, I'm definitely that. I do it all the time at work. I do it to my family. I annoy the hell out of everyone. <laughs> and I always say, well, why this? Why that? Why that? How about this? How about it? Did you think about doing it this way? How about this way? How about this way? We turn it around this way. What if we did it completely different than this? And they're just like, oh my God, just stop. <laughs> but that, that's just, but that's me. So I, I'm sensitive to that, maybe, where I know there's maybe, maybe more people are more likely to never question. And that's also a sort of dangerous thing, I think. So yeah, oh, totally. depending on the personality, right? If if the personality is they don't generally question, but then they start asking like stupid questions kind of, then you're like, all right, well, where's this going? But yeah, the kind of person is like, well, wh- like me, they're like, well, why do we use notation? Why is it there? How did we put it on these lines? Why is there five lines? Why isn't there six? Like, you know, like why do we transpose the different instruments and blah, 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 blah. You know, like you could go on and on and on. Like I've definitely asked those questions. 
And yeah, and those are all the uh, what was the uh, I had I had something brilliant and I lost it. No, there it was. You remember when we did those? Uh, now it that, better be brilliant. The no the the what? So oh, now no. it better be brilliant. Yeah, dang it! And that countdown threw me off. You're, you're still in my groove here. But no, seriously, remember when we did those uh, that whole thing about like musical personality tests and like what fits the thing? We oh, both yeah. were the debater in terms oh, of Oh, right, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I get that. I do the same thing. I just constantly pick and pick and pick and pick and sure. pick and pick. Because I want to know, you know, it's like, and I want the best option to be on the table. So, and that's also something that can cause a bit of a standstill because you keep coming at it from different action, angles. Oh, yeah, right. Action aspect never happens. Oh, yeah, there's and, definitely times where I'm like, I wish I could just not question and mm -hmm. follow a singular path, whether it's right or wrong. Just be yeah. like, oh, exactly. well, every time I get to this chord, I always do one of these five things, you know, or something. And I, I don't, I can't do it because of my personality <laughs> but i'm like that would be way easier and it would solve a million problems yeah tell me about it i'd, I'd get a lot more done yeah. <laughs> it's way but, more efficient no doubt yep absolutely more efficient but uh, ultimately you know you, you you find your groove and you just tend to stick with it uh in terms of personality for as best as you can um there was an also that uh, tom quail thing but we should we should save that topic for another one because we've milked this one pretty hard. Oh yeah, sure. Which one was that one again? We could uh, we could leave the people wanting. Yeah, there. So my the... buddy uh, has the Streetwise guitar, and he interviewed Tom Quayle. Oh, it was about um the level of playing and how the, high the level. Yeah, like the level of guitar playing, particularly in jazz, has gotten to such a high level now. He he compared it to like physicists who graduate from MIT, but only a certain handful of those physicists with PhDs from MIT can even get a job at CERN mm -hmm. <laughs> is the equivalent of like the Rosenwinkles and stuff that play, um, that are the, the cream of the crop of jazz guitar and that everyone basically at um, jazz school, like thinks they can get to that level, but like it's almost like unattainable. It's like unattainium at this point. Because yep. it's not just about being able to play this stuff. It's but like these people are creators and innovators, and mm -hmm. and it's and it never stops. Like the, every day they're invading and coming out with something new, yeah. and you can't even keep up. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah. we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I think that'd be a good topic for the next one. So um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. The next thing that the state of modern fusion. I oh, know that's actually the old other podcast one. We can't rip off the name there, but we can definitely leap off of that that whole assessment thing because I think that's a. That was good... cool. It was a very great interview. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. So uh, maybe someday we'll have him on. <laughs> True. <laughs> that, that, that would be great. All right. Well, everybody, uh, we have gotten our our weekly time in. This has been a fun and lively conversation. Yeah. So we'll see you next cool. time. I'm sitting on my hands not to get in the Tom Quayle thing. <laughs> And we will catch you all next week. Peace.